The following is a special presentation brought to you exclusively on the Real Presence Radio Network. Actually having time of silence and actually spending that listening to God and asking really honestly for the first time, you know, what he wanted. It's an expression of the the Catholic genius that we we don't just teach, we live that understanding that there is no contradiction between faith and reason, between faith and daily living. Live from the Lumen Vitae University Center on the campus of the University of Mary in Bismarck, North Dakota, this is a special afternoon broadcast of the Vocations Jamboree, an event that brings members of religious communities from around the country to one location to share their stories. Seeing the joy that they'd had in their vocation, when it came to the surface for me, really made it easy to sort of say, yeah, yeah, God's call me to that, that would be great. And now, here are your hosts. Hello everybody, welcome back. We were here this morning, this is Real Presence Live, continuing with special edition at the University of Mary in Bismarck, North Dakota during the annual, fourth annual, Vacations Jamboree. We are all abuzz, hopefully you can hear it in the background. There are religious orders from all over the United States with hundreds of students and people from around the area all here to, to see about vocations, to see about religious orders, to bring awareness and presence, and to give students uh, the opportunity to visit with religious orders from all over the United States. The campus has been a buzz. This evening we will uh, welcome Archbishop Charles Chaput to give a, a keynote address as he receives a, bu- a beautiful award from the University of Mary. So I feel, Father Craig Vosick here, your host, along with Steve Sponskowski, very blessed uh, to be here at the University of Mary today. Steve, what's in your what's in your mind and your heart uh, coming from this morning? Everything with the with the show and just going through this day that's a buzz. You know what could be in my mind and heart, but joy when we're we're sitting in the, the beautiful area here of Lumen Vitae and and the the sun is shining in in the windows and it's warm outside. I don't have <laughs> yeah. to wear a jacket. Yeah. Um, I mean, just. Uh, yeah, I was just standing and walking outside, walking with my eyes shut for a moment. You know, not too long ago as I'd run into things, but <laughs> with the sun on my face. Yeah, it's just a beautiful day. And really the joy of this event, uh, the joy of all the religious and the brothers and the, the priests and, and the youth walking around. Um, really, it's just a great opportunity to be in the presence of the sun, the son of the father, um, and to be here to really uh, rejoice in our Catholic faith. So I'm excited. I'm excited as well after our show this morning, which was so beautiful to, to visit with so many people. And this, uh, I've been preparing a few things for this evening, getting ready for this uh, keynote by Archbishop Chaput this evening. I'm very excited and uh, having a great time here. I'm, I'm just honored to be here today. So um, I think we'll start with a prayer. Amen. Steve, is it all right if I lead that? You, yes, please. <laughs> In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we continue to rejoice in your goodness today. We thank you that you have given yourself to us in your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, and that you have awakened in us faith, hope, and love by incorporating us into your family. Please bless this time. Please bless our conversations. Please bless so many people who are encountering consecrated life uh, from so many various forms from the, through the United States in the, as gift in the heart of the church. We just thank you. We ask for your blessing upon our time this afternoon. In Jesus' name, amen. Father and Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. 
Well, we're going to have a, a great show this afternoon, the special broadcast of Real Presence Radio. We're going to be interviewing a few different religious orders, and then uh, in the second hour, being able to speak uh, with the keynote address recipient award winner, uh, Archbishop Shapu, along with University of Mary President Monsignor James Shea. But we're going to begin by speaking with the religious sisters of the Dominican uh, order. So, sisters, please introduce yourself. We have two sisters here today. Please introduce yourself, and then we'll get to know you a little bit. Yes. Hi, I'm Sister Grace Mary, and I'm with the Dominican Sisters of St. Cecilia um, in, from Nashville, Tennessee, and we're just honored to be here. It's just been awesome here at you, Mary, and everyone has been just so gracious hosting us, and we've seen so many young people, and it's just such an inspiration, so it's great to be here today. We're really glad to have you, and yeah. Sister, there's a second one. Yes, hello, I am Sister Amada Christie, and uh, also Dominican Sister, and it's really been a joy and privilege uh, to witness the Holy Spirit stirring uh, many people's hearts uh, alive with his desire to just know their vocations and to respond in love to him. And that's been a, a privilege to witness today. It's a joy to be a part of. So thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks for being with us. So uh, we're going to jump right in here. The National uh, Dominicans, again, Sister Grace, Mary, and Amada Christi. Um, you know, and the, 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 you can hear the volume level is rising behind us, folks, so we might talk a little louder. But uh, keep the conversation going here about vocations. Uh, you know... You just shared a little bit. You actually, just shared your names, but let's go back if, if you have time, if you're okay with this. I want to hear a little bit about your vocation story. We only have so much time, but can you give me, each of you, um, a little snippet of the Lord's call in your life and how you responded to that? Yes. Okay, so for me, um, I grew up in Southern California, and I'd never really thought of becoming a religious. It was around in high school when I really just started deepening my faith and just feeling drawn to the Lord in prayer. And the more I prayed, the more I like wanted more of Christ, right? So I just started going to daily mass, praying more with the Lord. And the more I um, spent time with Him, the more I felt Him calling me to be His spouse. And I think that's really the heart of it all, is that calling to be a bride of Christ. And in my heart, I just realized like that would be my the greatest joy of my heart too. And so I started praying more, spending more time with the Lord, and um, seeing the beauty of religious life. And then after that point, um, I started visiting lots of different communities. And I think that's really the best way to figure out is this the life for me? It's just to go and see the different communities, you know, and see what their life is like, um, see the witness of their lives. And when I went to visit our community, I was just so struck by um, the beauty of the sisters, by um, their great love of Christ, their great love of Our Lady. Um, I love seeing our older sisters and their perseverance, their fidelity to the life. I love seeing all of our younger sisters, and I really felt like I could fit in. But ultimately, and beneath it all, was just that calling to be a bride of Christ, and I felt like this is the place where I could do it, and that's why I entered, and so that, and that's the beauty of the life, and I've loved it ever since. I've been in religious life 18 years, and it's a great gift, really, for me to be a bride of Christ. That's beautiful. Thank you, Sister. Mm -hmm. And over to you, Sister Amada Christie, uh, yes. same question. Yes, I, I grew up in southern Minnesota a couple hours south of Minneapolis-St. Paul, and a big family of 10 kids. And um, when we were growing up, I, I just had very faithful parents um, who loved and lived out their vocation very well, being open to life. And I think that really instilled in us as kids the desire to just do something great with your life and to live it to the full. 
And then also to not be afraid of whatever God asks of you, right? Um, that real life and real love require sacrifice, and we saw that with our parents, but it also means a life of very rich blessing and that we wouldn't have it any other way. And I did feel from a very young age that I really wanted to give my life to God, but I didn't really know what that meant. I just had this tug. As long back as I can remember, even five, four or five years old, um, I would go up and tell my parents that I wanted to be a nun, but I didn't know what they were. I'd never seen one. <laughs> we lived very far out in the country, and uh, I never saw really any sisters. So I really attribute that to the Holy Spirit. He just kind of put the seed in me. And as I got older, that kept uh, coming back. This just desire to give my whole life to God. And I, I think uh, one great grace for me was a, a good parish priest came to our church when I was in middle school. And I still had such a strong, deep desire to belong to God, and I didn't really know what that meant. And he had studied with our sisters in Rome, and he knew the Dominican tradition really well. And when he started listening to me and hearing my, my desires, listening to my heart, he said, Oh, you have a Dominican vocation. And I think you need to go to Nashville, and I think you need to meet these sisters, because you remind me of them. And I, at first I thought he was a little crazy, but I really did uh, feel very called to, to a, be a bride of Christ. So um, thanks be to God, uh, he f helped me to find my way down to do a retreat. And uh, there was a, a deep sense of peace, not of 100% assurance, like everything was understood or laid out for me, but just that I knew that he was calling me, and I knew I wanted to belong to him and that he had put that desire in my heart and he was fulfilling it and mysteriously step by step but very truly and uh, that's been the greatest grace of my life i entered in 2006 so it's been about 12 years but i wouldn't uh, trade it for anything hmm. awesome now you, you mentioned the, the charism and, and kind of the call to the um the dominican life can you, either of you speak specifically what is the charism um of your order of the nashville dominicans mm. so our order, the Dominican order, the model of our order is to contemplate and to give to others the fruits of our contemplation. So what that means is that we just sp spend time with the Lord and receive from Him all His grace, all His love, and then we bring that, all of that we've received from the Lord to others through our teaching apostolate. And so we teach in um, schools all the way from little children all the way to college level, and we just bring the truth of Christ to the world, and that would be our charism. Okay, so contemplation and teaching. Yes, contemplation okay. and teaching. Very good. Mm -hmm. And so you, but you also have, so you, uh, one of the questions that, that, they, that Brandon put for us uh, is you have the con contemplative focus um, and then the, also the teaching active apostolate. So obviously, what is, what is your, your day must include a fair amount of prayer um, and, and contemplation. So tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Uh, our day begins pretty early at about 5 o'clock, and we give those first few hours of the day to the Lord to really make sure that our life is steeped in that contemplation. Um, if we don't first receive Him, we can't give Him to other people. So we have uh, a time for meditation, a half an hour of just silence before the Eucharistic Lord. Uh, we have morning prayer together, which is chanted in a monastic way with all of our sisters in choir. And uh, that is kind of the fuel that sends us out then to teach. And uh, after our teaching day is completed, we come back and we return and have, again, a period of prayer with our sisters. We pray Vespers together in common, the Rosary. Uh, we always have um, some adoration time. And um, Compline and night prayers together with a special procession in honor of Our Lady. And all of those things help to steep us in what's really most important, which is the prayer. Um, but not in a selfish way that just keeps that for ourselves, but we want to take that, live it deeply and richly, and then bring that out to other people. 
Everybody, you're listening to Real Presence Live Special Edition at the University of Mary during the Vocation Jamboree. This is your host, Father Craig Vosick, along with Steve Sponskowski, visiting with the Nashville Dominicans. Uh, sisters, we're so glad. It's, it's, it's so abuzz right now. It's everywhere around us. There's so much going on. Uh, an event. I'm just going to describe the event to our listeners right now. Uh, you have a priest in a Roman collar sitting with a headset on, sitting next to the uh, executive producer at, or executive director of Euro Presence Radio, with two religious sisters in long white habits with beautiful black veils, which I know you pride yourself on your beautiful black veil. It's wonderful. Sitting with microphone sets on, with hundreds of other people around, religious sisters, uh, religious brothers, religious orders, uh, chirping around, moving around the, the university center with students, undergraduates, graduate student professors and people that want to be around it people that maybe have no idea what's going on all of this is happening around us it's really really stunning afternoon here at the University of Mary so sisters taking all of that in um, do you, two questions that I have maybe we'll start with just the substance of this is this sort of thing a vocation jamboree which we're at today is this the sort of thing that is common around the United States and you go to a lot of these sorts of events uh, or is this kind of a particular reality that's happening at the University of Mary as far as you're concerned what do you see? Well, we haven't um, been to many places like this around the country. Um, our vocation directors of our community have a little bit more of a chance to get out and see these events around the country. But um, for my part, I've never been at something quite like this before. I think there's a unique characteristic to this this jamboree. And we've been talking about it actually ever since we got here. Like there's really um, this great spirit here at the University of Mary and I didn't I didn't know to expect that when I first got here the depth of faith of the people and the spirit of prayer and really of openness to the Lord I think that's what I've been most struck by Um, the very sincere desire of all of these good people to know more to seek more to hear the Lord's voice I, I wouldn't say that I've experienced it like this anywhere I've been that's kind of the answer I was looking for because I've been around to a lot of things as well. And there's big conferences that a person goes to, but to just bring so many religious orders together and to have such a great turnout of so many people for such a long time, it does seem like it must be fairly unique. Right, right. And what I've been struck by is the university, like the effort of the university to really welcome us, to all welcome all the religious communities, to really provide this culture that um, brings introduces all these young people to religious life, introduces them to um, the radical following of Christ. And I think that's so beautiful to just foster that in all of us, like whatever it is the Lord may be calling us to, but really to invite the, all their students and all, everyone here to just follow Christ radically, however it may be, and it may be in religious life, um, it may be in another vocation, but just to ask those questions and to to follow him and to be generous. It's beautiful that gener- the co- university has been very generous hosting us, um, generous just putting on this event and is calling us all to generosity and serving the Lord. So that's very beautiful. I was struck by, uh, someone told me that the motto here was uh, joyfully Catholic. And I've been struck by how true that is and the university's desire that the young people here see how joyful the church is when it's alive and that means everybody living their vocations to the full the priests the sisters the the catholic families and that everyone together makes up this beautiful mosaic of vocations within the church we can't do it without each other Mm -hmm. but together it's something beautiful for god 
So the second question I was going to ask, I'm going to, I'm going to modify it a little bit, but what would you like to say to the listening audience? Maybe something that mirrors what you've been saying to the, the young people that you've been meeting with this, this day about discernment of religious life. I'd say, do not be afraid. <laughs> it is a joyful thing to follow the Lord's will. And I think the witness of all these people here today say that. Where the Holy Spirit is, there is life and there is joy. And uh, perfect love casts out all fear. So in following the Lord, there need not be any fear because He is joy in life. Mm-hmm. And the Lord has a great plan for all of us, right? And, and when we listen and we follow Him faithfully, step by step, um, we'll see the beauty of it. And it's will bring the greatest fulfillment to our hearts. Because really, that's what He made us for, is happiness with Him. And so do not be afraid to follow Him. Do not be afraid to follow the way of beatitude. Amen. Sisters, do you ever get tired of telling your vocation story? <laughs> it's not ours, it's yes. the Lord's, right? Yes. It's his work of grace. And you can't get tired of telling the Lord's work of grace. Right, it's true. And it's constantly continuing, right? It's, our, it's a continual following of the Lord your entire life. That's so great. So that's what I was hoping for, because when I think of my own vocation story, I would think it would be pretty boring if it were just my story. But it's the work of God. Right. It is the work of grace. And so it's always exciting. Yes. Beautiful. So. Sisters. Sister Mary Grace, Sister Amada, thank you so much from the Dominican Sisters of Nashville, yes. St. Cecilia's Congregation. Yes. Thank you so much for being with us this afternoon. Yes, our pleasure. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. All right, it's time for our first break this afternoon, but don't go anywhere because after the break, we're going to sit down with a few sisters from the Real Presence Radio listening area. And like the national Dominicans, they bring a joy and a beauty to the consecrated life. So we'll visit with them, the handmaids of the heart of Jesus from New Ulm, Minnesota, when we return. And later, a special sit-down, as Father Vasek mentioned, with Archbishop Charles Chapu and Monsignor James Shea. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Real Presence Radio. Live from the Vocations Jamboree on the campus of the University of Mary in Bismarck, this is a special afternoon broadcast only on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hi, this is Brett Byler, Area Account Executive with Real Presence Radio. Did you know the signal of Real Presence Radio reaches an audience of over 2.1 million people across North Dakota, Minnesota, South Dakota, Wisconsin, and Wyoming? Have you ever thought about running radio spots on the RPR network? We want to partner with you to help gain exposure for your business in front of a very faithful customer base. To find out more about your options, please call me, Brett Byler, at 605-670-8333. Here's a programming note. Monday, March 25th, marks the solemnity of the Annunciation of the Lord. As we celebrate, we'll have some special programming. At 5 a.m. Central, we'll bring you the Sunrise Morning Show. Morning Glory will follow at 6 and the Daily Mass at 7. Then at 3 p.m. Central, you'll hear Cresta in the afternoon. Finally, at 9 p.m., it'll be the encore of Open Line. Please tune in as we celebrate the Annunciation of the Lord, Monday, March 25th. This is Father Brian Cuiava of the Diocese of Crookston. One of my favorite things in the entire world is spending time in adoration of the Blessed Sacrament. You know, Jesus gives himself to us in his body and his blood in the Holy Eucharist. And it's such a gift for him to be like living in our midst in a very special and unique way. He's with us in the Holy Eucharist where he gives us his body and his blood, not only for us to consume at Holy Mass and Holy Communion, but also so that we can go to Him periodically throughout the day, periodically throughout the week, throughout the months, uh, whatever it is, to spend time with Him. 
just to simply adore Him, to offer our prayers to Him, to offer our suffering, to talk to Him about our joys and, and our struggles, to just simply be with Him. So I just really want to encourage you to, to find a church where the Blessed Sacrament is found and to spend some time there just to adore Jesus and simply be with Him and to rest with Him in silence. This is a special afternoon broadcast from the Vocations Jamboree on the campus of the University of Mary in Bismarck. Now, back to more engaging discussions on religious vocations. All right, we're coming to you live from the University of Mary, continuing our coverage at the fourth annual Vocations Jamboree. And uh, we're excited to be here. Myself, Steve Splonskowski, Executive Director for Religions Radio, and Father, Father Craig Vosick. Um, and we're, we're joined now uh, by the Handmaids of the Heart of Jesus. And if, you've, uh, if you're from the Diocese of New Ulm, that area, where we have a station in Montevideo um, there, you've, uh, you've heard, you've probably, I, I believe you've been on before with us yes. uh, for an interview. So we have with us today Sister Mary Joseph and Mother Mary Claire. Good afternoon. Good, Good afternoon. afternoon. Thanks for being here with us. It's great to have you here. So let's talk a little bit about this jamboree. Have you, have you been to the past jamborees? This is our second one for our community. A few of us were here last year as well. Okay, so, so what does it really mean to you to be here? What's your, what have been your experiences? It's a great joy to be here with the students, to see uh, their love for the Lord and their faith. Uh, it's also really fun for us being from Minnesota. There's a lot of Minnesota students at the University of Mary, and so for us to run into students that we've known from New Ulm, students that we taught at our high school there, and actually from all across the state, so just the, the beauty of those relationships and to be able to be present to them here. It's also a great joy to be with other sisters and brothers and priests. Um, it's, it's like a homecoming for us, too. We get to know these different religious, and um, there's a great affinity and love for each other, and so um, to be able to just enter into deeper friendship with them and then be able to witness to the students the joy of what it is to be consecrated. Absolutely. You had a, got a big smile on your face, Mother Mary Claire, when you said uh, to visit with other, with other sisters. Um, and, and sometimes that, isn't it, the, the lives of other people just kind of edify us and make us mm -hmm. remind us of our own, uh, how the Lord has worked in our lives mm -hmm. in a positive way. Yeah. Um, and that's, uh, that's why I think it's so great in the Catholic life, in the Catholic Church, to come together for these types of events. Don't you think, Father? Absolutely. It's really, it's really edifying. It's very important. There have been so many times in my, my life, uh, even in my few years as a priest, where feeling, not feeling alone, but by seeing someone, uh, a religious sister or a religious brother, and coming into contact, knowing that they're out there, uh, it just it prevents me from feeling alone, I mm -hmm. guess. It, it spares me of that, knowing that there are brothers and sisters in arms out there. So this is great. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad that the handmaids are here. I, you have so many relationships already. Um, some of the students that I work with in the athletics department already know of you, and so it's great for me to see one of the basketball players hanging out with you sisters at breakfast. I was thinking, this is great. I love this. So, <laughs> Sisters, can you tell us a little bit about, uh, not so much about religious life, you can say something of that as well, but in particular the handmaids of the heart of Jesus how the, how the sisters fit into the church's religious life. Mm -hmm. So we're a new community, um, and we live in imitation of Mary as spiritual mothers in the parish family, um, really engaging the new evangelization. So we would describe our parishes like single-parent homes. They have spiritual fathers, but they haven't had spiritual mothers for a long time. Um, very few parishes actually have sisters. And so our role, we feel, that what the Lord is inviting us to is really to be spiritual mothers in the parish family, just be part of the normal diocesan life of the church 
church um, to be part of the normal life of our parishioners and, and to really support our diocesan priests um, and to be able to be a presence to them and um, supporting, kind of like Father was just saying, you know, when he sees a religious, he can be encouraged knowing he's not alone. Well, how many of our priests might feel like they're alone in the parishes? Um, and our community is really there to serve in the parish family. I'll just say something about that, a little personal note. My very good friend, Father Matthew Wearing, is a priest of the Diocese of New Ulm and knows the sisters, the handmaids of the heart of Jesus, very well. And he regularly speaks about how their life edifies him in such dramatic fashion. He is, he is a joyful, wonderful, holy priest growing, and in no small part because of the witness of the sisters. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, thank you for being mothers yeah. uh, in the in the parish family. Right, it's a great compliment. You know, that's what we see ourselves as a compliment to, that, to the diocesan priests, and so um, so not only is it um, hopefully a gift for Father Matt, as you said, but it's a gift for us too. You know, that it's a mutual gift. Excellent. Can you give us a so kind of a general sense of that? But what does a and obviously for each one of you, it's going to look a little different. Um, uh, but uh, Sister Mary Joseph, what does your day look like? Give us a day in the life of Sister Mary Joseph. (laughs) Great. Uh, So for all of us, uh, regardless of what our particular apostolate is in the community, we start our day together with prayer. So we get up pretty early, um, about 10 minutes to 5, and we start our day with a a holy hour of adoration, really as the heart of our life, to be with the Lord um, as his brides and to be given and left to him. Uh, then we go on a rosary walk throughout the neighborhood, um, have daily mass, Beautiful. and then have a breakfast together as sisters. And then uh, for me, the mornings uh, usually involve some, a lot of communication. So I serve as vocation directors for our community. So phone calls with young women, emails, just walking with them in different ways. Uh, and then with the rest of the sisters, um, a break at midday to rest and pray and do what we need to do to restore um, the afternoon um, more time of apostolate. We also serve um, serve some at the parishes. I'm up in Duluth with our sisters there, and so just being present in parish life and um, helping with our different outreaches there. And then we have a second hour of adoration every afternoon, usually at 4.15, to bring everything from the day back to the Lord and have that time with Him. And then dinner together as a community, so we really um, have a strong familial sense of community life. And so those meals together are really important to uh, just share our day with one another, to have that time together as sisters, um, sometimes with the priest of the parish coming over uh, to join in with us or other guests. Uh, but really to have that time together as a family. And then the evenings can be anything from RCAA to choir practice to um, playing Ultimate Frisbee or going to one of the high school sporting events. You never know what the evenings will hold. And then night prayer together before entering into grand silence to end the night with the Lord. Wonderful. And so you're from you're in the Duluth area, and Mother Mary Claire, you are in New Ulm. In New Ulm, yeah, at the Mother House. Okay, so you Ulm. serve at different in different communities. Do, do the other do the communities come together uh, on a regular basis for different gatherings? Yes. Yeah, so this is our first year in Duluth. So um, we were all in New Ulm up until this year, hmm. and then just started a house in Duluth in August. Okay. Um, so we're still trying to find our way. How often do we come together, um, and when do we celebrate separately or or whatnot? So because we're parish sisters though, um, it's really important for us to be with our parish during the high liturgical feasts. Um, but then after that, we might have times where we can be together and celebrate. 
Wonderful. I'm just kind of picturing, Father, the, the sisters walking through the Duluth area for their morning rosary. What a beautiful, you know, beautiful witness and a beautiful sign going through the streets along the harbor there. And I'm not sure where you're, where you're at in town, but just a beautiful area there. It um, is. And it the, is. the morning mist with the rosary, I'm sure that's what, mm-hmm. is it what your rosary time looks like? or. It is some days, yes. I mean, most recently, we, it's sometimes like the rosary shuffle, depending on how icy it is. So <laughs> it's not always as picturesque. <laughs> sure, sure. But, um, but it is. It's a great joy to be in the neighborhood and to, to see, to have different encounters um, just within the neighborhood. So one quick story from a, a really beautiful uh, encounter on a rosary walk. And so this would have been right before Thanksgiving. We were... In, in Duluth and um, on our normal mo- morning rosary walk and this man was getting into his car and he stopped and was looking at us and he said can I ask what's with the matching outfits <laughs> and <laughs> and so we stopped and engaged in conversation with him and, and it was still a little dark out and so I wasn't quite looking at who I was talking to taking it in as we're having the conversation so I tried to explain very simply we're Catholic nuns uh, we've given our whole lives to Jesus and so the habit is a, an external sign of that so that people know who we are and as I'm looking at this man uh, he is wearing um, a black leather vest that has patches on it one one says WWJD another one says got Jesus and he has a very large cross tattooed on his neck and so as I said that, he pointed to his neck and he said, I get it. I get the <laughs> external sign. Um, but we proceeded to have a, a really beautiful conversation with him. And he asked if he could pray with us. And he led this most beautiful prayer um, saying, Jesus, I, I give my, these sisters to you. And I ask that you would be with them. He said, not everyone understands what we're about, but please protect them because they have given their lives wholeheartedly to you. And so it ended up just being uh, this really anointed encounter uh, with this this man. So we're looking forward to when all the snow and ice melts and we maybe encounter him again in the spring. (laughs) (laughs) That is so beautiful. He has an actual tattoo on his neck, but you're you're carrying every day something that's not so permanent, I guess, on your on you with your habit. That's that's really beautiful to have such affinity with him. Uh, just as a, a reminder, this is Father Craig Vosick hosting along with Steve Sponskowski on this special edition uh, at the University of Mary at the Vocations Jamboree. We're visiting with the Sisters, uh, the Handmaids of the Heart of Jesus, founded in New Ulm, Minnesota, and also with a house in in Duluth. Uh, so coming back, sisters, maybe just to speak a little bit more personally about your own journey with the Lord, uh, a little bit what was what was drawing you. We're, we're at a vocation jamboree. Uh, what what was drawing you to the Lord? What was drawing you to religious life? Mm-hmm. Start with you, mother. Yeah, you know, so when I was in college, I had a lot of friends who were seminarians, and it was the first time I kind of opened up my eyes to this question. I really thought that um, priests and religious were just old people who didn't have a life, <laughs> and I didn't want to be a part of that. Um, and so it really never considered it. And then I went to college, and all these young men who were just like good, normal, healthy men were considering priesthood, and I thought, what the heck is this? But I still didn't know any sisters. Um, and so I just, again, kind of thought, it's not for me. Um, I really, I have a full life, and I like it, and I want to have a full life. And um, and then they would ask me, you know, have I ever considered a religious vocation? And in my heart, I wanted to get married and have children. So I thought, well, God wants to fulfill the desires of my heart. So I just knew, no, I don't, because I really want to get married and have children. Um, and so that would be my answer, always. <laughs> yes, I thought about it, but I really want to get married and have children, therefore, no. Um, and... And it wasn't until actually I had this experience where I was in New York, I was at a mass, 
and I just experienced so deeply that Jesus was inviting me to be his bride. And it was like all the scales kind of fell from my eyes at that point where I realized that he wasn't asking me to give up marriage and children, but he was asking me to actually enter into a marriage with him and to, to have his children be my children. And, um, when I could understand that, that just changed everything for me um, because it, it wasn't that I had to deny my femininity and the core of who I was, but it was a, a deep fulfillment and the most perfect fulfillment of that um, in relationship with him. And so um, when I was able to recognize that and surrender and, and give my life to, to love, it's been the greatest joy. So. Beautiful. Thank you, Mother. Uh, sister, to you, same question. Thank you, yes. Um, I st- first started thinking about religious life when I was a senior in high school. I was involved in my parish youth group and we were at a retreat and it um, first struck me that the Lord might be inviting me to this way of life. Um, I had heard for years throughout high school and even um, Catholic grade school that God had a plan for my life and um, I also thought I had a pretty great plan for my life uh, but that experience in high school was the first time that I really realized that I needed to take a step back and ask the Lord what his plan was and not just cling to to my own plan and so went off to college and uh, just had a beautiful time of encountering the Lord in deeper ways and had Catholic community. And as I continued to bring this question to prayer, um, I just knew in my heart that there was something more that the Lord had. Similar to Mother, I also deeply desired marriage and family life. But when I was really quiet or really honest with myself or really with the Lord, I knew that He was inviting me to to be given completely to Him, that my whole life was to be His and that He had um, something something unique for me. And so I wrestled with that at, at different times and other times it was really clear. Um, but just continued the more that I spent time with him and more that I fell in love with him um, and the gift of the church, the more clear it came to be in my heart that uh, my life was to be completely his. So. so let me ask this question, you know, after you discern the vocation um, and you enter down that, that uh, road following, trying to follow the Lord and understand his, his will for you, um, do you ever have a bad day? Always. we're still human put on the habit it doesn't change who we are Um, but like any Christian we just keep seeking the Lord we keep Lord here I am here's my heart I I want to be yours I want to follow you I don't want to be frustrated I don't want to be this way but I am and so um, so I just ask like Lord, help me to live a consecrated love today. And and so, you know, it's not like we somehow graduate into perfection. Um, it's a daily road. And so is it worth it? Is it a joy? Is the Lord meeting you deeper and deeper every day? Yes. Um, but it's a daily journey, you know, and not like, oh, it's just always perfect all the time. Um, so, yeah. A lot of apologizing, a lot of, get, a lot of getting back up, and, and really experience the Lord's love through that, and through the Lord's mercy, but also my sister's mercy. Absolutely. I think it's one of the beautiful things of community life. Of course, I'm a, a father and a husband um, of seven children, but that community life, you really learn um, how to love by learning how to apologize. Mm-hmm. I think that yes. is one of the, the key, key points. So we're visiting here with Sister Mary Joseph and Mother Mary Claire, and they are handmaids. Uh, of uh, the New Ulm Diocese, where originally, um, where the, uh, that's where it originated, right? The, yeah. the handmaids in the New Ulm Diocese. And of course, now they have another house in Duluth. Are there any other houses? No, not okay. now. Okay, so, yeah. so not now, not yet. Okay. Uh, for more information on 
Um, the Handmaids, you can visit uh, handmaidsoftheheartofjesus.com, handmaidsoftheheartofjesus.com, and uh, learn more about The Handmaids. Thanks for being here with us today. Thank you. Thank you so much. We're coming to you live from the University of Mary, the fourth annual Vocations Jamboree. Um, and we're going to take a little break, but after the break, we're going to be joined by none other than... I don't know. Father Shea, maybe? I don't know. That's, that's what it says on here. I think Brandon's nodding, shaking his head. No. So we have, on the other side of this break, a mystery <laughs> guest, which you're not going to want to miss. So don't go anywhere. It's Real Presence Live. We'll be right back. Live from the Vocations Jamboree on the campus of the University of Mary in Bismarck, this is a special afternoon broadcast only on the Real Presence Radio Network. If you felt God's call to serve the church, Focus, the Fellowship of Catholic University students, and the University of Mary have partnered to train you to do great things. The church is desperate for well-trained development and fundraising professionals, so we've launched the Institute for Catholic Philanthropy. Earn a graduate certificate or a full MBA in Catholic philanthropy and train for a transformative career in service to the church. Apply by April 1st to umary.edu slash serve. Mayo Pharmacy in Bismarck is a faith-based pharmacy committed to delivering a high level of care. We're pro-life and pro-family, so we respect all human dignity while providing for your individual needs. We have Catholic gifts for all ages, from mystic monk coffee to cards and crucifixes. Plus, we offer clinical services, including immunizations and individualized medication packaging. Mayo Pharmacy is located at 303 North 4th Street in Bismarck. Our number is 701-223-2424. I started listening to Real Presence Radio last year, year and a half, um, when my husband was diagnosed with um, lung cancer. I started listening to and found peace with the rosary. So at 3 o'clock, I like to get into my car and sit and listen for 20 minutes and sing along. It gives me peace, and I know I'm at in the Lord's presence during that time and that Mary's watching over me. And I just know that people who listen to Real Presence Radio can find answers. The first time I ran across Real Presence Radio was when I was driving a car we had just purchased for my daughter's graduation home from Grand Forks. And it was already set to the uh, Real Presence Radio. And I came across Mother Angelica and what a gift Real Presence Radio has been to my life and my faith, and it has literally changed my life. Thank you for listening and supporting Real Presence Radio. You're listening to the RPR Network. Now, back to more of our special afternoon broadcast, coming to you from the Vocations Jamboree at the University of Mary in Bismarck. Hey, we're coming to you live from the University of Mary. Steve Sponskowski here with Father Craig Vosick. And we are just going, we had just have been joined by the man, <laughs> Jerome Richter, the Vice President of Public Affairs here at University of Mary. Hi, Jerome, how are you doing? Steve, nice to see you again. <laughs> thanks for Father Vosick, good th- to be with you. Thanks for walking in just at the right time. Yes, <laughs> my timing, everything's about timing, they say. <laughs> yeah, well, I just want to bring something up. Um, I was going to make a joke in our last... Uh, visit, 
but I, I was going to say we, we live in a joyful university, and I was not expecting hecklers at all. And as Jerome went by, he took the time to get a, a Sharpie and to write down, Father Vosick doesn't know anything, and held it up like a protester. Well, well Father, 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 come on now. Uh, i got to defend. We're in the search for truth here, and i got to speak truth okay. to, to the public. <laughs> and, it's, and it's true that it's fun to tease Father Vosick. Yes, we're joyfully Catholic with a little bit of teasing at the there University of Mary. We're there not afraid go. of that. Thank you guys for being here. It's an honor that you join us here at the University of Mary on such a wonderful day. Uh, to be seeing so many people walking around and to, to have sunshine for them to walk around in is humongous and beautiful. Uh, the sisters, the religious, the brothers, the priests. Mass today, Father Vasek, huh? Yes. It was tremendous. Uh, the chapel was packed to the gills. The music was beautiful. Having 15 or so priests up there. And then as the religious and the service organizations possessed, processed in with the, uh, the Knights of Columbus Honor Guard, it was, it was a beautiful day. It was how liturgy yeah. should be. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, we've been visiting Jerome with a, a lot of brothers and sisters and, and religious. And, of course, this is a, uh, the vocations jamboree. But, you're, of course, you're a father and a husband. Yeah. Um, and, and how does this strike you? I mean, what, what, what do you see the value in an event like this for you as a father and for your children? Well, uh, to share with the listeners, and I know the two of you know this, I had the privilege of being in the seminary. And so two years out of high school, I was a, uh, going into my junior year of college, decided to join the seminary. And it was one of those graceful and blessed experiences. I'm not going to say that it was easy, but it was a graceful and beautiful experience where a young person has to sit there and think, what is God calling me to? Who am I at the deepest core of my being? Yes, I'm a son, a daughter of God. But what is it particularly that the Lord is calling me to do? And if you don't take that time, to step back out of the wind and out of the culture and the noise there and to see inspirations, to take the time to, to, uh, to really ask that question. You, you don't know where you're going. And so this is a time for our students here at the University of Mary and so many of the high school kids that come out here and the public to come and to be like, wow, my options are endless. The church is enormous. The church is beautiful in all its ways, still under the beautiful uh, umbrella, the, the, the Ark of Peter, if you will that we can be so different, but all pointed in the same direction. And so the same thing for families. Mm-hmm. And so I left the seminary, and then uh, shortly after, a couple years later, married my beautiful wife, Sarah, and then education. Uh, I just kind of fell into it, and it became what I know God called me to, and found myself uh, teaching high school for 11 years, and then now I'm here at the University of Mary for the last nine, giving my life to Catholic education, which is a beautiful privilege. And so as your position here, Jerome, as uh, the Vice President of Public Affairs, tell us what, uh, what does that look like? What, what do you, what, maybe I should say, what don't you do? No, well, <laughs> what do you do? Uh, my kids ask me just about every night, Dad, what do you actually do for a living? <laughs> <laughs> the easiest way to say it is this. Um, so I'm the Vice President for Public Affairs, but I also oversee the Office of Mission Advancement. Okay. And so to put it very simply, nobody gets to come into my office and ask for anything unless they're going to help me to understand how we're going to get more students to the University of Mary. And then number two, how are we going to raise the funds to serve those students that come to the University of Mary that much better? Mm. And so it's all about getting our message out, uh, letting people know the, the priceless gift that a good Catholic education can be, the, the hidden gem, if you will, on the beautiful bluffs of the Missouri here, which is the University of Mary, and sharing our story, and then going and humbly asking people to support it. And as I'm sure both of you know, We've been just absolutely uh, blessed 
to have closed phase one of Vision 2030, having raised nearly $101 million in just three and a half years. And so uh, Marianne, who just sat down with me here, can vouch for it. Every time I get up in front of the faculty and staff, I say, if you don't think that people believe in you, look at this number and then pop up the number that we had been raised and then show them pictures of people that have worked their whole life to gain the, the bit of wealth that they have and turn it over to us because they trust uh, the mission of the University of Mary and uh, with the Sisters Foundation and Monsignor's uh, incredible leadership, they know where it's going. Awesome. And as Jerome mentioned, Marianne Hofer has just sat down with us. Marianne, thanks for being with us today. Of course. Thank you. So, so tell us a little bit about you know, this, this relationship, um, the joy of, of really serving the people of Western North Dakota and beyond. Of course, sure. we don't have just people of Western North Dakota here. Um, tell us about that a little bit. Of course. I, so I was a student at the University of Mary for four years. And during that time, I just received, received, received all four years. And uh, it was overwhelming. And I uh, was just overcome with how how many people were just laying down their life for me. Uh, and so I began to ask the question, what does it look like to do that in return? Um, and so I was given that opportunity my senior year last year uh, to work with university ministry. They offered me the position and I thought, wow, <laughs> I don't know. Um, that seems like a lot of work. And uh, it's turned out to be beautiful work. And um, so helping with the Vocations Jamboree is a real joy. Uh, to bring in all of these religious from across the country, uh, different charisms, um, and to really let them experience the University of Mary and to let our students encounter them, to encounter people who are giving their lives away in love. And this is exactly what the students at the University of Mary are desiring because they're receiving so much here, and so they're looking for how do they give themselves away. And so here are, here's how. Here are the orders. Here, is, uh, here are the vocations. Here are the service organizations. Here is where you give your life away to the church. Uh, so it's been a real joy and a real blessing. Excellent. So as a student coming back, and Jerome, I'm sure you've, uh, you have any stories you can share with us of, of, of other students who have come back and, and said, you know, this is what I really received from the University of Mary. Oh, well, first off, I want to compliment Marianne, Steve. She is amazing, and the work that she's doing, even in this short time, uh, having graduated from college, is nothing short of tremendous. Uh, she's a prime example of what we want to produce coming from this university of people that are servants uh, first, and seeking truth, and then in charity to others. And so, Marianne, thank you for all that you do. But absolutely, I got all kinds of stories, and one of them I think I, uh, is a bit funny. I just told you, you know, I'm what we call a seminarian dropout, <laughs> which I think you are too, Steve. I am. Uh, <laughs> and I'm, I'm building my office based on exactly that, is all the seminarians that drop out, I'm picking up and, and hiring. <laughs> <laughs> and so my, my assistant, Jake Markell, who is a tremendous young man, he was in the seminary for a few years, uh, about four months bef uh, since uh, I hired Brady Wingenbach, who was in the seminary for us. Luke Nazars is just across the hall, who works for our uh, vice president for enrollment management. And so uh, all of them are graduates of here. And they just want to stay and they want to do what Marianne did. They want to serve. They want to give back. And that's beautiful. Uh, and at the same time, we're sending so many out into the world to serve in all the professions uh, that, you know, 56 different majors, 15 masters. Here we are. And uh, we need good professionals out there. That's how, that's how the church has always done it. Putting the lay people out there well-formed uh, to, to carry their cross as Christ gives it to them beautifully and joyfully. 
That's really beautiful. I want to come to this vocation jamboree now in particular. I'm just thinking about my own life. When I grew up, I didn't know what a <laughs> nun was. I never saw one. Um, I knew what a priest was. I went to Mass on Sunday with my family. Um, but I only knew what one priest was like. I mean, So um, for the two of you, what, was it similar growing up? Did you were you around religious a lot? Were you not? And and from that, the question is going to be, what does that do for the students here that are able to? They don't they can't miss it. If they come into the university center, they're going to see dozens of religious. Yep. Yeah, I was really blessed growing up. My diocese is in the Midwest, and so there wasn't a super strong presence of, of varied uh, religious. But my diocese did a summer camp that brought in uh, lots of religious, and so I had the blessing of being exposed to them early on and um, my mom made a point of having priests around the kitchen table every day when we got home from school uh, to kind of be our catechesis um, because she maybe didn't have everything it took. Uh, So I personally was super blessed uh, with knowing um, sisters and knowing priests. Uh, But that being said, there's something different about um, having them here in the college uh, arena uh, because there's people are just at a different place in their life and they're like I said, the University of Mary is just a, has a strong culture of vocations. And so uh, to see so many religious here in the midst of people asking questions about uh, what am I made for and, and what does my future look like, uh, I think it makes a huge impact. Um, and I just think about the witness they are uh, for all these people who come to the university for uh, many reasons, you know, not, not always um, necessarily first and foremost for their faith, um, but for them to walk in and to see all of these people who are joyful and are laughing and are engaging and um, are drawing people in and they're normal and they're fun to be around. Um, it's a real witness uh, to what a life of Christ really does. Uh, it really draws us into um, who we're meant to be. It really makes us a full person. And so I think it's a witness for everyone, regardless of how exposed you are to religious or not. It's, it's about culture. And this is what Marianne's describing. It doesn't matter if you're a Catholic, non-Catholic, uh, uh, somebody who hasn't been given the gift of faith. When you come onto the campus here and you see all these religious walking around, when they see Monsignor as the president, etc., <clears throat> they start to say, what is this? They're, they're curious about it. And then there's, there's kind of a, a certain uh, effect in the air that, that even if they don't want it, they still have to think about it. Why would somebody wear black every day with this little touch of white around his neck? Right, Father? I mean, are they Gothic? No, they're a priest. They're saying, I'm different. Uh, The same with these sisters wearing uh, the different colored habits, the different works, the different charisms that they do. It's it's about forming that culture. And so as Marianne was blessed, I was blessed as a young uh, person too, having priests around my mom and dad. Uh, were related to priests. I had three great uncles that were priests uh, by the last name of Splinskowski. And so I always had them around. But now when all of a sudden you get into the school, right, it's a whole different thing. It sets a whole different tone. And pretty soon you start seeing, as Father, I'm sure, is experienced doing the good work that he's doing here, the kids are like, hey, Father! You know, it, it, there's a familiarity. There's, a, there's mm-hmm. a freedom to understand that they're human beings and they can be them as well. We're, mm-hmm. we're, we're called, and God works through that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm seeing that in spades, having only been here at the university for a few months now. Uh, at first, I was thinking everywhere that I go, these students could reject me. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, why did they don't need to accept me? That's for sure. And I'm going to be working with these athletes. Why do they want to talk to a priest? They want to talk to somebody, get a scholarship somewhere. I don't know. Because they but, want to give them their lives to something. Yes, and they've they've received me so well. It's been it's great. been really beautiful. So there's a really great affinity that that grows there. So. All right, we're visiting right now with Jerome Richter, Vice President for Public Affairs, and Marianne Hofer. Marianne, what is your position? I didn't... I'm the events coordinator for University Ministry. All right, so events coordinator Marianne Hofer. So thanks for being here. Um, Again, we're at the University of Mary, uh, the fourth annual Vocations Jamboree broadcasting to you live. And... uh, where we have a pretty exciting interview coming up next on the other side of the break. Actually, Monsignor Shea is kind of walking around, and <laughs> I think he might be waiting for the Archbishop to arrive. And so a great anticipation here um, of the, the evening. Now, Jerome, tonight uh, Archbishop Chaput is going to give an address at 7 7.30. 7.30? 7.30 is the keynote. Uh, if you want to get here in a good seat, I would suggest shortly after 7. Don't be any later. Parking is going to be a little bit tight. Um, but, yeah, to have... Archbishop Chaput here to be able to hear from him, and we're also going to honor him with our uh, our highest honor, other than honorary doctorate, the Lumen Vitae Medal for those that are champions of the Catholic uh, faith and of education. And uh, so the, that presentation will be by Monsignor Shea. I yep, yep, at the keynote. Okay, very good. And uh, so, and then the uh, well, what does the rest of the evening look like after uh, Archbishop Chaput gives his presentation? Is there more going on tonight and more tomorrow, or I would actually uh, defer to Marianne on tomorrow, but after the keynote, I think we're, you know, it's going to be pushing up to 9 o'clock, mm-hmm. and uh, some of us need our bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> Marianne, what's up? Uh, what's going on tomorrow? Yeah, tomorrow we have a full morning. So right at 8 a.m., we're going to have morning prayer in Our Lady of Annunciation Chapel, followed by Mass with the Archbishop, uh, which is a, a huge blessing to have him uh, celebrate Mass for us. And then uh, 9.30 is kind of open and uh, again for breakfast at the crow's nest if anyone would like to come in and uh, purchase a breakfast but and i assume the mass tomorrow morning is going to be standing room only the chapel's not that big sure right um but it'll be beautiful we went to mass here yesterday and of course the singing was glorious with all the religious there and even i mean there's many students there um you have a great culture being built here it's a beautiful uh, environment uh, to be in and Thank just you. edifying. So, uh, folks, if you uh, have an opportunity to stop down here at University of Mary today, tomorrow, any day, I'm sure you'll be welcomed um, by the staff here for uh, a tour and uh, just giving uh, the, the history of the, the great work that is being done here. Um, and, Jerome, you have been here for how many years? I came in July of 2010, so uh, okay. going on nine years here. Okay, very good. And, and this is your... This is finishing up my first year as a full-time employee, but we we, we don't believe in uh, you know taking time off. She 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 became an employee before she graduated <laughs> and slide right on in there. There you go. <laughs> is that like work study? Yeah, there then, you go. Yeah, then, yeah that's and right. And then work work. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. All right, excellent. Well, folks, uh, things are starting to warm up in the room. I actually saw Bishop Kagan walk in and Archbishop Chaput's in the room, Monsignor Shea sitting over there. We're going to interview them on the other side of the break. And we have, again, with us Jerome Richter and Marianne Hofer. Anything else you'd like to say to our listeners right now um, about the value of vocation, uh, the value of discerning, listening to the Lord's will in your life? Yeah, I would, uh, I would just say this, and, and from the chance of having, having taught... And knowing young people and having a good memory to remember what it was like to be a young person, you, they, they want to give their life away. We all want to give our life away to something. That's why when we watch really good movies, like I think of a, uh, a Braveheart or Saving Private Ryan or something like this, 
this is why this is why the military movies the the movies that somebody is willing to sacrifice themselves for something greater is so moving is because that's what we're made for and so <clears throat> vocation is exactly that it's figuring out who i am what god has made me for so that i can give it away and when you have that you experience peace and joy and nobody's saying it's easy I mean, let's, let's be honest with ourselves. Uh, nobody ever promises that life is going to be easy, and we've got to quit looking for comfort and looking for commitment. And it's in commitment that you find joy and happiness. So that is why, again, this day, boom, kind of uh, taking us out of the wind, letting us have a chance to focus, seeing the different people that have committed themselves in so many unique ways that I can start thinking about myself and how do I do that. And, and we do it in every single way that God has created the unique person, which is all of us. Marianne, your thoughts? Yeah, I, just to finish with um, looking around the room, you know, all day today and all of the just wide variety of people uh, represented, it's amazing how diverse the church is there and how, how um, there's so much and there's so much for everyone available. And yet there's such a strong unity and uh, the, only, the only explanation for that is Jesus himself. Uh, the unity of him and all these people who are committed ultimately to relationship with him and so um, sometimes we can get caught up in you know which order is right for me and what am I supposed to do and really it's about him and so uh, you just look around and you see all of these sisters and priests and and missionaries who are giving their lives over to him and he's the one leading them to where they need to be you know and so that's that's just beautiful to see the diversity all united in a person Jesus Christ amen amen Father, your thoughts. Well, I have a, th- I have a question, and I'm, I'm not to put you both on the spot here, but the question is about tracking of vocations that have sprung from the University of Mary. So Monsignor speaks about how he wants the University of Mary to be a fountain of vocations. Do you have any idea, do you track at all the, the religious vocations or the priestly vocations that, that come out of the University of Mary over the last, let's say, 10, 20 years? Gosh, uh I don't have a number, and I don't, yeah. I don't have anything in the hard numbers other than so many of the kids that I've known. And so there's been numerous, and I'm f- right now tabulating in my head. Uh, for sure, there's a good 15 to 20 young men mm-hmm. that have at least gone into the seminary that attended here at the University of Mary in just the last seven, eight years. Yeah. We have St. Joseph's Hall, which is kind of, if you will, the easiest quickest way to talk about it is uh, some would say a discernment hall but I would talk it about it being uh, a true fraternity it's a hall of young men of like desires that want to pray together and grow together and challenge each other and grow closer to Christ and you know a father Jared Wolf who's now teaching in our Catholic schools was one of the first up there just a fine man and then there's so many you know Greg Hilzendigger and Paul Gardner and I'm starting to go down the line and I know there's three four uh, young men from the Fargo Diocese I know there's some from Minnesota from Montana and so where they're at right now and how they're doing, I don't know, Josh Hill. Uh, and then there's numerous young ladies that have joined different religious orders that are entertaining that idea. I know, I know right now, and Marianne might know through her work in university ministries, but I would guess that we have probably 5 to 12 right now that are actively discerning yeah. whether the seminary or religious life is for them. And so it, it's, it's giving God the freedom to do what he wants to do in their hearts and to help to spark the desires in these young people to seek it out. And they'll work it out. Like Marianne said, it's him who's calling. And it's he who you give your life to. And so you just, you just, uh, you give the environment. You have the fertile ground. Would you agree, Marianne? 
Yes, absolutely. All right. Well, thanks, Jerome Richter and Mary Ann Hofer, for being with us here. The Sour Folks don't go anywhere. We're coming to you live from the University of Mary. And on the other side of this break, we're going to be visiting with Reverend Charles, Most Reverend Charles Chaput, Archbishop of Philadelphia, and the University of Mary President, Monsignor James Shea. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. <laughs> 